Hello everybody, I'm Soren Postos, standing here next to my pal Ben Rikosh, and this is Paper Thin Thoughts. We, short-sighted, ill-advised, thought-provoking dimwits, speak our truths about trending topics that we experience in our daily lives. And this week, we had the pleasure of having on Dr. Chabra, who is, let me get this right, he is the orthopedic surgeon and head physician for UVA Athletics, which is a really, really cool position, wow. and that is exactly why I wanted to talk to him. He specializes in hands, wrist, and really everything. It was cool to see his uh, perspective on what he has, uh, what he brings to the UVA sports uh, realm and world that's you know so large and there's so many moving pieces to it that I don't even know. So it was a great time to chat with him. Soren, what was your favorite part? I love talking about injuries and the worst injuries an athlete can get. That was my top thing as being an athlete. I kind of been scared to do some things on my knees now. Gave you some good a little advice. Bit of spoiler, but yeah. don't hurt your knees. <laughs> it's a good spoiler. Don't do that regardless. But without further ado, let's get to this super fun interview with the one and only Dr. Bobby Traber. Paper Thin Thoughts listeners, we are thrilled, beyond excited to welcome to the show today uh, Dr. Bobby Chabra, who is an orthopedic surgeon at UVA, a professor at the UVA School of Medicine, and most importantly for our purposes, a physician for UVA Athletics. Dr. Chabra, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy, busy day to come chat with us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm really excited that you do this. This is a, a great, uh, great idea, a great podcast, and... Uh, just uh, thankful to be part of it. Awesome. Well, uh, you have an incredibly unique but also very important role in the wide, wide world of UVA sports. And to anyone that's listening that may not be super familiar with what you do, can you sort of like explain that real quick? Uh, sure. Um, I've been at UVA for over 30 years. Uh, I did my uh, med school in, uh, at UVA School of Medicine and my orthopedic residency. And um, I did, uh, I'm a hand upper extremity surgeon, so I do hand, wrist, elbow, and, and, and nerve surgery. And I did my fellowship training in Texas and San Antonio and Dallas. And uh, I was very fortunate during my training to work with uh, many uh, individuals who took care of athletes. And that sort of uh, uh, started my interest, and in, in a lot of my career focus was learning how to best take care of high-level athletes, uh, all athletes of all uh, of all ages, uh, playing in all sports. So, uh, I um, have been at UVA for over 20 years on as a surgeon there, and I'm the chair of the orthopedic department there. But I'm also one of the doctors who helps care for UVA athletics and have been have been for the last two decades. So. Uh, all hand, wrist, elbow injuries uh, I uh, help uh, provide care for, um, for all our student athletes, and it's been a, a great part of my practice. I, I have a very broad practice. I do a lot of trauma and, and um, a lot of uh, elective type procedures for uh, um, arthritis of the upper extremity and nerve injuries and nerve problems, but uh, trauma is a big part of what I do and sports-related injuries, and it's been a, a real... Uh, a joy and, and privilege to take care of our not only UVA athletes but athletes from the region in high school and other uh, uh, local colleges or regional colleges. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun to do, but it's uh, uh, definitely a, um, a, a, a something that takes time and effort to uh, 
provide a level of care, particularly those who have the opportunity to play at the next level or potential opportunity to play at the next level. Well, that's awesome. You mentioned how you've been close to athletics in your entire career in this field. What's it like, especially at UVA, trying to balance professionalism and fandom? Because you are, you have mentioned that you are a big sports fan, right. all of the DC teams and everything. So what's that like? Yeah, um, that's uh, you know, uh, when you uh, are caring for your athletes, you know, you you're, you're taking care of a patient first, always, right? Um, and and sometimes you have to make decisions that the players don't want to hear, the families don't want to hear, the coaches don't want to hear, because you have to put the patient's long term or the athlete's long term health as the priority in everything you do right so there are things and you tend to you as you get more experience caring for athletes there's things that yes an athlete may be able to play with that injury because you can protect them in a cast or they can be protected in a brace and they can complete the season and then they can have surgery afterwards but then there are injuries where there are season ending injuries and they have to be taken care of and you always this you know you have to uh check your fandom at the door and when you help care for athletes because the mo- the main focus is always what are they going to do when their athletic career is over right you can't be an athlete your all entire life you have to have other things you're going to do in life right so if you have an injury and you try to um, not care for it appropriately and you rush them back to the field um, and it could lead to a, a, a negative consequence for the future that can affect the things they would want to do outside of sports, um, that's the wrong decision, right? So you always have to look at the athlete as you're caring for them and say, okay, they have an injury. Is it safe for them to play? Can we protect them so they don't get worse? Um, can we treat them uh, and allow them to play at the same, at the same time? They'll heal that injury, but we've protected them. But or is it they can't play? If we let them play, they could have a worse injury, and that could affect them uh, and their function for the future when the, when they leave the the world of athletics. So it it can be a tough decision sometimes. Has your fandom ever slipped into that decision? No, no, it can't. It can't. That's a great question. It can't. Um, you know, and sometimes. Uh, there's a lot of questions from parents and from the athletes saying, let me play, Doc, let me play. I can do it. I just got two more games for the rest of the season, um, and then the season's over. But uh, you can't let that happen. You know, you, you the goal is, uh, you know, the Hippocratic Oath, you do no harm first, right? So you don't want to harm an individual. And it's true for any patient you take care of, regardless of what they're, you know, a lot of people want to go back to work and they can't go back to work. You know, they need to make a living and they can't because they can make things worse for themselves. So it's not just in the world of athletics, but it's really in life. And you have to make sure people are safe to go do their ho- occupation, to do their hobbies and in and, and and caring for athletes to make sure they can do it safely uh, out on the field or, or, or the court. So as parents and young kids are listening to this, what advice do you have to them when a doctor is telling them a decision that they don't want to hear. So, yeah, that's a, a, a some good questions here. Um, so, you know, often the most important thing when you are talking with athletes um, of all ages is uh, providing them uh, appropriate information, right? So you want to tell the athlete, the family, anyone else, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a higher level athletes, you're often taking to, talking to it, advisors and things like that as well. So, people like that as well. So you want to make sure that you provide all the information about their injuries, make sure they understand the the recovery 
and the outcome and the rehab associated with it and a timeline to return to play. Um, there are sometimes options you can provide them. It's safer to play, you know, uh, to stay to not play these games. Or if we put you in a cast or we put you in a brace, you can play, but you may not be able to play at the level that you want to. So you have to make that decision. You, we won't make you worse, but, you know, a quarterback can't throw with a cast on their throwing hand, right? Yeah. Um, you know, a lineman, you can put them in a club cast and they can still block. They won't get worse. Sometimes you give options where they can play, but you have to protect them, but they may not be as effective in, you know, may, may not be as effective for the team. So then a decision comes between the player and the coach and so forth, whether that individual should play with these restrictions. But ultimately, the question you asked is, how do you have this discussion? You have to be honest. you got to provide all the information. And you have to provide the risk of trying to play through an injury uh, that could lead to long-term consequences. So yeah. being open and honest is the most important thing. And to also to parents and young kids listening, what are the most common injuries to avoid or that you see that, you know, that they can uh, take care of while they're playing sports at such a young age? So, so that's a, a good question because, um, and, and this is going to be a kind of a, a several answers here. So uh, a lot of uh, young athletes who have open growth plates, meaning that they're not skeletally mature, they haven't re reached their final uh, growth, right? So these are a lot of adolescent young kids, adolescent kids, they get a lot of uh, growth plate injuries or stress reactions along the growth plates. You've heard of little leaguer's elbow, little leaguer's shoulder. A lot of pitchers uh, get this at a young age. And that leads to, um, you know, that's an overuse injury. And if you continue to push through that, you could have early closure of the growth plates that could lead to uh, angular deformities of the limb. It could lead to long-term problems. So, so you see those type of injuries, particularly in the culture of athletics in this country, you have to play year-round to be good to make it to the next level, right? So that's why we've implemented as societies pitch counts and don't throw curveballs to a certain age when you're playing baseball. Um, so, so you know, there, to avoid these type of injuries. But as individuals get older, the stress on the joints uh, transfer from the growth plate to the ligament. So that's what the classic uh, ligament, ulnar collateral ligament injury you see in a pitcher that, the, that is often treated with a Tommy John type surgery, which is a reconstruction. So, so you can get growth plate injuries when they're younger from overuse. And then as they get older and become skeletally mature and their growth plates close, then they can have tendonitis from overuse. They can have ligament injuries, uh, again, from overuse. But, you know, one of the sports uh, the, that I care for, football and lacrosse, there's a lot of traumatic injuries where there's fractures in basketball. They fall on their outstretched hand. They may break a bone in the wrist or they may break a bone in their hand. Um, I just had um, a, a couple lacrosse players who had you know, hand fractures this year during the fall that needed surgery. So, so there's a variety of injuries, but when they're young, growth plate injuries, as they get older, you can have overuse injuries related, little, related to ligaments and tendons. You can have stress fractures if you're a runner uh, in the, the lower extremities. But then the sports that are contact sports, there's a high risk of actually fractures and and injuries obviously the most common uh, injuries in a lot of uh, very common injuries you see in soccer and basketball 
and even football is ACL injury. So that's yeah. a ligament injury in the knee, right? And that is often a non-contact sport where they're pivoting or turning too fast and it, it pops the ligament in that's their knee. That's one of the worst ones to see. Yeah, yeah when you see it, it it's yeah. not great. But um, you can have knee injuries that are associated with ligament tears. So, so there's a wide spectrum of injuries and there's certain injuries that occur at certain ages, but as you get older, you're, you're, you're susceptible to ligament injuries, to fractures, to dislocations, you know, finger joints, shoulder yeah. dislocations. Mm -hmm. And often those, uh, you know, some can be treated without surgery, but some need surgery and extended rehab before they can return to play. Yeah, I have a nice follow-up question here from producer Dave based on what you were just saying, what we were just speaking on, and kind of with your experience from UVA, how a lot of former athletes that play at the collegiate level go to play at the next level or come back to UVA to get you know mm -hmm. rehab on an injury they'd had. What's it like uh, with the long-term relationship with former athletes and how that care works? Yeah, that's a, it's actually one of the most gratifying things in, in practice, right, is, is when uh, you take care of someone and you take care of them for an uh, acute injury and they, they recover, but then they have another injury years later and they come back to see you, right, because they have developed trust in you and you have the, uh, the, um, you've developed a relationship that's strong, right? So we have a lot of our athletes go on to play at the next level, and often they have their own team docs and so forth they get care from, but many come back to get their care here because they had that trust with our team physicians who care for our docs here during, when they're in college, or care for our athletes when they're in college. Um, but often we're just, they call to get advice about, okay, this is the recommendation that's being made by the team physician for our organization. We just want to talk about it and better understand it. Um, but, you know, and it's always great to provide that advice um, to these, to our uh, uh, student athletes or former student athletes. Um, you've been in the UVA medical for, you say, a little bit over 30 years. Mm -hmm. You've been on the sports grounds and all like the fields. Is there a memorable moment that just stands out to you from all those times or something that could, it could either be bad or Oh, there's a, a lot of uh, great uh, moments back when Anthony Poindexter, uh, goal line stand, that was probably before you all were born. Um, but And then, of course, uh, the, the baseball game where that we uh, won to, to go to Omaha for the College World Series that year. But the most uh, amazing experience for me is I was with the UVA basketball in 2019 and traveled to the Final Four and was there at the game and in the locker room and I got to experience those those two games and uh, that that week and it was uh, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had so that was a that was my most memorable experience and I think a lot of people would give you that same answer any moments from during the game behind the bench or in the locker room post game that fans might not have heard yet that like you remember that sticks out in your memory no, I think it was amazing to see the adjustment made at second the second half and how Ty Jerome and uh, got up there as a leader and and Doctor and then uh, Mamadi Diakate was there and the, and they were trying to figure out how to defend the Texas Tech team and um, and then of course the watching the coaches and Coach Bennett and his staff just make that adjustment uh, for the second half was remarkable. And then seeing, uh, just seeing how they played and the intensity was incredible. And then being there with the team uh, after the game to, to celebrate uh, an amazing season. And it was uh, uh, 
you know, I, I will never forget that. And probably one of the highlights of my life. That's awesome. You've gotten the opportunity, as you mentioned, to work closely with all these different coaching staffs, Coach Bennett, Coach Mendenhall, Coach Elliott, Coach London, Coach O'Connor. Uh, who, who am I forget? I mean, there's so many at UVA throughout the years. What, uh, you know, memories stick out from that? What pieces of advice have they given you, uh, you know, relating to life or something you've picked up from how they treat practice and games, uh, anything that stands out? Yeah, I think I've uh, – worked with so many of the coaches over the years and I, I can uh, call many of them close friends. And, um, I think the, the thing that, uh, I watch them and learn from them is they're all educators, right? They are truly educators. We think of them as coaches and they're trying to win games, but they're also trying to educate individuals and, and make them better people and be, and make them resilient and prepare them for life. And, you know, and as a, as a physician at UVA, I train medical students and orthopedic residents and, and we have a hand fellowship program. So I have to teach people too. I mean, education is something I do every day and something I'm very proud of. And, and uh, some and people don't realize that uh, there's a lot of similarities in terms of trying to educate young individuals to prepare them for the future, for their future career, for future life, and just having the opportunity to talk to the coaches and, and uh, see how they get the best out of individuals and how they motivate them and how they have uh, how they build a team to perform at a high level you know that's as a surgeon that's what I want my team to do as well I want them to perform at a high level every time we care for a patient every time we go in the operating room every time we do a surgery you know it's a team sport you know what I do is a team sport also and watching how these coaches get the most out of these student athletes um, is is truly remarkable. So it's fun to kind of talk about that with them and see how they do it and watch how they do it and try to learn from them uh, because, uh, you know, again, um, uh, having a strong team uh, is important not just on, on the court or on the lacrosse field or in the pool, but even in, in my environment when it co comes to taking care of patients. Awesome. Uh, you mentioned the great people that you've had the time to spend uh, that you've had the opportunity to spend time with, uh, what are like, if you could pick a, to have a dinner with three people ever, either met them or not alive or dead, any people like, why are they inspirations to you? So, you know, it's, it's, um, that's a really tough question because there's so many people, right? Yeah. Um, you all don't know or may not know, but you've probably heard the name, but my, my mentor here was Frank McHugh and Frank McHugh was an icon um, for UVA sports. He was the team doc for over 40 years and he was, um, he did hand upper extremity and he did sports and, and I took, I, he asked me to take over his hand practice and help care for UVA athletes. So he gave me an opportunity, um, and he really mentored me and, and, uh, and taught me and, and I learned a lot from him and he passed away over 10, 12 years ago. I would love to, get together with him and, and talk to him and, and uh, let him know what I've learned and let him know what UVA orthopedics has become. And, you know, it would be just a, a great honor to catch up with him again because I, I really miss him. And he was uh, someone that was very uh, influential in my life and in my career. Um, so, you know, there's a, a lot of people I can uh, talk about. And, you know, obviously there's people from your family life and, and people you wish you met in family and didn't have the opportunity to spend as much time with. But, um, you know, I think back uh, with this question, I would love to, 
to show Doc McHugh what UVA UVA orthopedics and UVA sports has become uh, since he, uh, uh, you know, that he started. He was the founder and he started the UVA athletic uh, program or orthopedic program and caring for athletes uh, decades ago. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And I know this is not directly related to you, but I wanted to give a special shout out to the UVA Health Organization for all their hard work, especially during the uh, the tragedy back in November. I can't imagine what that was like. And, you know, your colleagues were in the thick of it there. So I think that's really commendable of the great work that they did. Yeah, it's uh, an obviously a very sad time for our community, and it's going to take a long time to heal. And our football program is going to move forward, but we'll never forget these three remarkable individuals. Um, and, of course, we'll always miss them. But, yes, uh, we're fortunate. Uh, we have a great uh, team of uh, people at UVA Health, and they, uh, you know, we are a level one trauma center. We respond to, to, to tragedies and injuries uh, like this, uh, or hopefully not frequently enough. Yeah. But we, we see this every day. We see terrible injuries and terrible problems, and, and we have a, a dedicated team of experts who come together to provide the, the, the care needed to, to take care of uh, anyone who's injured or hurt. Did you have the opportunity to interact with any of those three young men? before they had tragically lost their lives. Any stories to share? You yeah, they to, were wonderful uh, individuals. Um, you know, I, I uh, got to, to know all three of them uh, during their time here uh, without getting into specifics, but they were, uh, you know, yeah. wonderful people and, and just really sad for them, obviously their families, and it's going to be a very long time uh, to heal, and, and we should, we'll never forget them, but hopefully it will, you know, um, will always carry their you know their memory and, and it will inspire not just the university or football team but our community well thank you for all your work that you've done um with the that tragedy there and everything else in the health system uh i guess we'll get on to some modern day college athletes now um how do you think that the implementation of nil deals and the transfer portals has sort of impacted the ncaa and how it could impact what you do on a daily basis, if at all. You know, I, I think it's interesting. Um, NIL and uh, the transfer portal is, is still evolving, right? Yeah. So the question is going to be, um, uh, is it going to level the playing field or is it going to make it more challenging for certain institutions that don't have the money and the collectives to, to recruit players, is it going to make it harder for them to compete? Are you going to end up getting a tiered system where you have the schools that have a lot of money and a lot of donors to, that get the top athletes and they'll compete and then the others will kind of be a second tier because uh, they can't compete at that level. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. From a medical standpoint, the transfer portal means that, you know, players are coming in and out and they'll come to us to play for one year and they've had previous injuries and they're dealing with some of the sequelae of those injuries and you need to manage them because they're here for one year and they've come here to play um so you know it's not like you meet someone you do their uh freshman physical first year physical and then you take care of them for four years and then they leave and you know everything about them that's not what's happening now you're getting a ton of players coming in through the transfer portal that have had care elsewhere at other colleges other uh, you know programs and you're trying to get their medical records you're trying to get all their information and you're trying to make decisions about and, and provide guidance to our coaches saying this person had this type of 
injury they want to transfer here, will they be able to play at a high level? So, so you know, obviously people get injured in high school too, but um, the the fact that people are here coming in or coming in for very short periods of time, um, you know, we want to make sure that they'll be able to contribute uh, and they don't have injuries that may uh, impact their their level of, of contribution um, from and getting all that information is not always easy. Yeah. Well, you know, like in the NBA or in the NFL, before a trade or a signing goes through, both sides have to do a physical on that player to see if everything is good and it should go through. That doesn't necessarily exist here, does it? Well, you know, you, you know, that's a good question. You, it, it, we have to get more information. So there is information, but, you know, until they and they get you can request information, but often you don't get to examine these individuals till they get here, yeah. right? And they and they've already and that committed makes your to job come tough, here, doesn't right? It? Yeah, it, they've already committed to come here. So, um, you know, you'll get questions and but there are some NCA restrictions about what we can do in terms of evaluating players before they actually come to UVA and enroll. So, you know, a lot of times you can get information from um, you know from their docs and the, to and you have to obtain that information but you know NIL and and the transfer portal is going to change athletics yeah. significantly and we're seeing that already um, um, and from a healthcare standpoint I think it's going to make it more challenging uh, interesting and as a college football fan are you pro expansion for the playoff or anti-expansion oh I'm very pro expansion for the playoffs I think what we have here is um is just i think some very good teams are being excluded and not giving the opportunity to to uh to show that they belong in that you know the the top um but you know yes we're expanding it but then nil are you just going to have the same 10 or 12 teams there because they have all the resources and they're getting all the recruits so i think that could be an issue but it's interesting to see for sure but will it, you know, will it really make college football better if it's the same group of teams every year, right? The goal is to expand it so that teams that were left out before have the opportunity to, to participate, right? So I'm hoping that um, there's some rules that are regulated around NIL so that it doesn't uh, hurt the teams that don't have the, the level of resources and, 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 and donors that uh, the, the big schools have. And what are some, like, you don't have to detail specifics, but what are some closed-door things that the average fan might not know about this new era of college athletics that would be an important perspective for everybody to keep in mind i mean i i think it's i think it's free agency right i mean you can go to a program transfer out not sit out play right away um you can you know there's there's nil deals so you can get paid um so it's not much different than being at the professional level where you know you're a free agent and you can go where you want and you can go where someone's going to work out an NIL NIL deal to pay you so um, I just think that uh, unless there's some guard guidelines and guardrails around this process that the the rich may get even richer when it comes to the recruits and it it will make it harder to compete. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, I think Soren wanted to ask you a couple things about injuries in general, Soren. Yeah, um, I play a lot of soccer. I've sprained and seen a lot of fractures on the field. Are there some fractures or sprains or anything with nerves that would be one of the most haunting injuries that a player could get that are either uncurable or untreatable or close to that? Oh, yeah. So, 
uh, a knee dislocation. So if someone has a complete knee dislocation, not in, just an ACL, a knee dislocation is when all the ligaments in the knee are disrupted and the knee actually uh, dislocates. Um, and you can have a permanent nerve injury. You can actually have a vascular, a blood vessel injury. Um, and, and if it's not treated urgently, you can lose your leg or you could have a permanent nerve injury. Um, where you lose the ability to uh, to uh, lift up your foot foot or dorsiflex your foot, so Oof. that's a perineal nerve injury mm -hmm. with associated with a knee dislocation, and you see it in contact sports, and and you can see it um, really in in in, in um, pretty much any sport. But there are several injuries. The the ones we worry about obviously are concussion related injuries, right? Mm -hmm. uh, tr uh, if you have severe concussions or multiple concussions, a traumatic brain injury that that could lead to uh, long lasting sequelae. Uh, from football players they've had you know who've had multiple concussions over their career they can end up having a chronic traumatic uh, encephalopathy CTE which can lead to a lot of problems such as uh, you know that we see can lead to severe mental illness issues depression um, dementia at a young mm -hmm. age right so that was all f as a result of having repetitive head trauma so so you worry about concussion. That's why there's been a, such a big focus on concussion, mm -hmm. um, and then spinal cord injuries in football, right? Oh. I mean, you know, you spinal. You, we've had players who get hit, and they're paralyzed on the field, right? Um, so those are the the scary injuries that you worry about that could lead to, you know, that can change someone's life yeah. dramatically. And yeah. then of course, uh, Hamlin's injury where he had sudden cardiac arrest. Just about to ask about cordis, that, yeah. Right. So he got hit wrong when the heart was in a certain part of the beat and it stopped and you know he was saved because the trainers and everyone and the p medical professionals on the field recognized that he his heart had stopped and they brought out an AED they shocked him and they did CPR and they saved him and he hopefully will have a full recovery but that was a freak accident um, mm. it happens in baseball and hockey be when a, the baseball or a puck hits it doesn't happen that much in football. It's really rare in football because of padding. But, you know, that's the type of injuries you worry about most is something like that. It's so rare, but someone dying on the field, someone having being paralyzed on the field because of a, a neck injury or having a, a terrible uh, head injury or things that, you know, orthopedic injuries like knee dislocations that lead to nerve or blood vessel injuries. Shoulder dislocations can lead to permanent nerve injuries, things mm -hmm. like that too. So, yeah playing sports um there's always a risk of injury and the hope the goal is to mitigate or minimize those risks as much as possible yep. and continue to focus on safety for sports because we have to make safety a priority for our young athletes and and as they move uh, on uh, as they get older and they play at different levels and then um you have to make sure that safety is always uh, a focus and that's what our jobs are those of us who are team physicians yeah, yeah. And you don't have to get into the details here if you don't want to, but what's, like, the gnarliest injury you've ever seen, and do you still get grossed out by anything? You know, you know so, I, I mean, nothing – there's a lot of bad injuries, but when you work at a trauma center um, and people come in with multiple broken bones, they have gunshot wounds. We've, seen, we've been seeing a lot of gunshot wounds in the emergency room. You know, those are some terrible injuries, you know. So, um, but, you know, any and, – uh, Anything related to high energy trauma uh, can can turn your stomach. But uh, obviously, I've been doing this for a long time, and when you work at a trauma center, and you have to just um, you know it, it bothers you. But sometimes you have to put that to the back of your head and make the care of the patient the most important thing, yeah, and make yeah. sure that you are all there, ready to go. 
and and do everything you can to to treat these individuals and 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 make sure they have a good outcome all right two more things uh what first what is the mount rushmore of uva athletes that you've either like done an operation on or had a close relation with uh either just being friends with them or what oh there's there's so many of them and and uh you know it's it's hard for me to answer without violating HIPAA a little bit so yeah. so I, I can't really answer that just, but just say I've like a, many basketball who your players, best friends are yeah I have, have a lot of many bas- basketball players who I've been close got close to for various reasons and um and then you know a lot of football players and lacrosse players uh they they're in my clinic a lot they have a lot of injuries so um I can name you know hundreds of players that I feel like are, are uh, almost like family because they have an injury and they have an injury at the wrong time in the season and you get to know their family and 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 you just um and and you you help them through a very difficult time in life right um because their whole world is related to sports so you know deandre hunter malcolm brogdon kihei clark you know those are some of the more recent players and um you know uh uh, there's a it's very um I'm very fortunate to to get to to uh, care for our athletes and develop those relationships. But you know, not everything turns out the way you want because they have pretty tough injuries and they can be season-ending or sometimes career-ending. And I've had to take care of athletes in my career here that have had career-ending injuries. Yeah, and that's, that's really gotta be hard. A tough, tough conversation. Right. Yes, I do have one more question. Um, you said obviously you've been working in the field a while. Are there any injuries that you haven't seen before or like recent ones that are coming onto the table or is everything kind of routine? No, there's, it's, it's interesting you say that. So, um, uh, I, uh, because of, uh, the way our, uh, um, the culture is in this country about sports, particularly for young individuals, uh, you're, you know, I, I started caring for a, a cartilage injury in the elbow in adolescent high performing pitchers, throwers, that had rarely been described in the literature when I first started practice. And now um, I had an interest in that area, that area um, where people start to get cartilage damage at a very young age in their elbow because of repetitive throwing. And that was not really described that much uh, when I came through training. And now because of the fact that young kids are playing and pitching year round in many scenarios, um, I'm be, I'm seeing more of that, and it's a big interest of mine. So I've helped try to understand the problem and develop treatment options for it, so that these individuals who, if they didn't get treated, wouldn't be able to pitch anymore. And now we're doing procedures and, and surgeries that allow them to continue pitching and go play at the next level. So, so the answer to your question is that there's new injuries we're seeing all the time because of the way uh you know people train and the way um uh, you know the again the culture of of sports in this country where to get to the next level you often have to play one sport year round and you know my son and my daughter are are college athletes and they they played their sports year round and i was always paranoid that they were going to have uh, overuse injury or something that would affect them long term. So the recommendation always is until you get to a certain age where you're skeletally mature, you should play multiple sports and you shouldn't just stick to one sport year round because there's a lot of uh, overuse injuries and a lot of other injuries associated that could impact you in the long term. That's awesome. And we'll end it with this one question that we ask every person that comes on the show. 
What is a great piece of advice that someone has given you in your life that you would like to share with everyone? It can be relating to your profession. It can be completely random. Uh, just anything you want to share. I think, uh, you know, advice that I've received is that, um, you know, uh, if you're an individual, as you, uh, as you move through life, it's important to have uh, strong mentors and strong role models. Um, you know, pick mentors that you know, you uh, feel will uh, be there for you and help you through difficult times in life, um, but also help you become the best person, best version of yourself that you can be in the future, right? So you want someone who will challenge you, someone who will, um, uh, who will help guide you and, and who will, um, you know, will, will help teach you and they'll learn from you as well. So, you know, in, in many ways, having uh, the right mentors in life is important for success, whatever your goals are. Uh, and I think having the right mentors in life help, uh, you know, um, uh, help individuals with resilience. Because when you have people uh, that are your mentors and whether they're family or whether they're your teachers or whether they're your coaches um, pe or you can have multiple mentors, you know, for different uh things that you deal with in life but having strong mentors is critical and and people that really care about you and, uh, and help you uh be the best version of yourself for the future awesome i couldn't agree more thank you for uh putting up with this background noise here of the musical going on uh yeah, there's a lot of things happening in, yeah, in yeah. late night here at charlottesville <laughs> high so yeah we uh really appreciate you coming out spending some time with us Anything else you want to get on? No, I'm uh, very, uh, again, honored to be here. This is a great program that you all do. So thank you for uh, including me uh, as, as one of your guests and would love to come back again in the future. Um, I think it would be fun. And and uh, I always, uh, you know, I have a weekly sports show on WINA, so I love talking about sports and sports injuries every week. Um, so I'd love to talk. Of course, I have to be careful not to violate <laughs> HIPAA and some of the people I care for, but uh, I love to talk about injury prevention and, and, and types of injuries that athletes received in, in, you know, whether it's NFL, NBA, or, or college sports or high school sports, and what those injuries mean, how you can prevent them, and what does the rehabilitation look like, and oh, wait a minute, how long will this individual be out? Because that's going to change this team's playoff chances, yeah. and this is, you know, someone's going to be out for six months, or right, for and, football. And the, uh you know, the diagnoses are varying even right. by the player. You know, right. one day it's two weeks, one day it's four weeks. So you really never know, and we appreciate your input. Yeah, happy to come back to it anytime. So thank you all for having me. Thank you. Go thank Hoos. You. Yes, go Hoos, definitely. Big game this weekend. Welcome back to the highlights, everybody. Ben, thoughts on that insanely interesting, heartfelt, Injury talk slash sports UVA slash medical slash <laughs> Dr. Shavra interview. Uh, I mean, I'm just really appreciative of him coming out and taking the time to chat with us. Uh, you know, been looking forward to it for a while. So when when the opportunity finally came up, you know, something I couldn't pass up. It was really fun. Yeah, I learned a lot. Ben, you have a tweet of the week this week? Yeah, I want to talk about the uh, past NBA dunk contest and specifically my guy Trey Murphy. Hmm. Uh, been a big fan of his since before he played his days at UVA. He's always been really nice to me. Um, you know, when I asked him for an autograph one time, he was like, yeah, meet me here now 
you know, and we met him there, and he was just, he's just the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's really cool to see him succeeding in the NBA, and he was this close to winning the dunk contest, but Mac McClung just put on a great performance. Soren, you don't watch a lot of basketball, but I'm sure you saw some clips of that dunk contest. Yes. What did you think? I thought it was really cool how, what league, he was in a, what league is it? The he was in the G League. G League. Um, now he's until a couple days, but now he's got a he contract. Got yep, and he made more from that. He made almost made more 100K. from that one one night at, of the dunk contest than he did from his entire career. And did you see his follower count on Instagram? It, it was went like way up didn't it? to like nine hundred or like one hundred k to like nine hundred k. Yeah, probably over a million now. But I saw a few clips of him over social media hitting. That dunk over two people off the backboard, the three or what was it like a five eighty? It was insane. I think it counted it as a seven forty, but seven forty. It should have been like a five twenty or something. Yeah, that was the that winner. was crazy. I saw Shaq's reaction. Yeah, live reaction was really funny. <laughs> He's just sitting there. There's yeah, like a was, wide, wide, wide frame camera on him. Yeah, that that was a good, good dunk contest. I think the dunk contest has been down a couple of years, but it's always still one of my favorite events of the year. Yeah, yeah, but and, one th- and like during the, the game, obviously, like they they have some cool crowd moments where they pull up the lookalikes, yeah. and Shaq was put up as a lookalike of Kevin Hart. <laughs> That's funny. Which was funny but to see his reaction. Shout out to my guy Trey Murphy, UVA legend. Uh, wish he had stayed for more, but happy to see see his success in the uh, NBA here, yep. and you know, think he's a future All Star, as we talked about a couple months ago with Zach. Um, but you know, shout out to Trey, yeah. really good stuff from you, Trey. And thanks for doing the dunk contest. Hope to see you in it again. Cause can't wait to see what you have. Cause that was some really, really creative stuff for sure. We got to guess who said it today. Um, we are not, I'm not going to keep up my track of linking it with the main interview because I feel like it's pretty hard to find an injury based quote, but I have found something that I think could stump Ben for once. All right, let's see it. For stump once. Than last, for once. Last week. Oh. Are you sure stumped me for once? Oh, or? yeah. That could stump Ben again. <laughs> I mean, he had a streak of four uh, broken last week. Uh, but let's get back on track. Yeah, let's get back on track. Here's the quote. Ready. Oh, wait, let me tell you the people first. This is either Elon Musk or Billy Walters, a pro gamer and entrepreneur. Whoa. You know who that is? I've never heard of him. Yeah, pro gambler. So he's got to be tactical, and yeah. I know Elon's tactical. Let's, let's hear it. It's okay to have your eggs in one basket as long as you control what happens to that basket. Uh, I think that's Elon. I heard that from Elon one time. That's an Elon quote? I think so. Do you uh, want to lock that in? Lock that in. You are? Yes. <laughs> Dang it, Ben. You stole me. Okay. It was an Elon quote. I tried to it go was somewhere. Yeah. Correct? Yes. I tried to go somewhere where it's a person you've never heard that's pretty specific. Yeah. So but you did get me there. It felt good. Why was that an Elon quote? Other than you've heard, like, heard it before, why would you think that would be him? Well, it's a play on the common phrase, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, when talking about business or gambling or whatever it may be in life. But I think that while this advice may be somewhat true and I somewhat agree with it I kind of agree with the old adage more just just because you know it's not nothing is guaranteed Mm -hmm. 
Uh, like N- anything can fall through. You want to exactly. have backups. Like last night, uh, for example, Norfolk State was favored in the basketball game by 17 points. Mm-hmm. 17 points, and they lost the game. Nothing is guaranteed. In 2018, Virginia men's basketball lost to a 16 seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament. No one had before. Again, nothing is guaranteed. Who'd they lose to? What was that team called? UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, the Retrievers. In hindsight, That's fun. nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. Nothing. Even if you think you have that game in the bag because no number one seed has ever lost to a 16 seed before. You don't. That's insane. And credit that to whatever you will. I think that this quote embodies uh, kind of that mentality, and I don't think that's right. I think it's good to have some aspects of that, but I think that you need to be able to diversify your portfolio. For sure. All right, so Soren, should we kick it off with a fun question of the week here? Fun, quick question of the week because we had a nice interview with Dr. Trabra, who is a doctor. Uh, mm. The question is, what is a fun or thrilling or any type of injury story that you've had? Oh, a fun injury story. A- any injury or, story about, that you want to share. Do, do, just do my worst one. Sure. Or my most traumatic one. And then I'll share mine. So this all happened in Connecticut. I think I was about eight, nine, ten, or eleven. Either one of those four mm-hmm. ages. We were at a dinosaur park, which is basically just huge huge dinosaurs just in the forest. You walk around and see them how how big they were. And at the end there's like a water park, like just quick like water feature thing and yep. food. So a kid, I get my nachos, go splash around on the water, and then I spot a playground. And like a average kid would, you run to the playground. No shoes, of course, because you just came from the water. And we were going to do, me and my brother, we were going to do a, like a speed time trial of the playground where one of us starts on one side and the other starts on the other, and we have to race to the opposing side. And uh-huh. the first obstacle that I had to face was I walked across a skeleton, like a bone, like a huge bone. And there were two green poles on each side that you can grab onto and my feet were still wet slipped off one pole my hand was still on the other I swung and knocked my teeth on the on the on the opposing pole uh my I looked like a vampire had two triangle teeth in the front blood all down my shirt on the ground just like what the heck just happened probably crying a (laughs) lot and rushed to a like emergency dentist, which was pretty handy. It was pretty close by, like 15 minutes away. Got to watch SpongeBob while getting my procedure, and the doctor said that there was green on my teeth from that bar. Oof. And ever since then, I think I've chipped my teeth probably 20 times. Ah, uh, playing so, soccer and stuff. Soccer, biting into wrappers to open them for food, candy, apples. I was nervous at a concert one time. I was about to play guitar, and I, like, bit my pick, <laughs> like the guitar pick, and it broke my tooth. Um, yeah. So wow. that's probably the most long-lasting injury I've had because it still happens to this day. <laughs> that's hilarious. Ben? That's awesome. Pretty traumatic injury. Uh, Soren, you might remember this. This isn't, like, the worst injury I've ever had, but it's a pretty funny story. Uh-huh. Um, so it was in fifth grade, 
and we were just sitting in class one day and I was leaning back in my chair just because I was bored fidgeting with myself for sure and so I leaned back and I hit my head uh on like the counter on the corner of the counter and there was like big thump on the floor (laughs) and so like it, it wasn't a great time so I just went over I sat away from the class and you know um everybody went outside for recess and I was just sitting there I think I had like a mild concussion but moral of the story is don't lean back on a chair when you have a counter with sharp corners right behind you because that's not a great plan so that was worse than the tussle incident uh probably uh that's a story for another day though yeah all right. Also, well, speaking of chipped tooths, uh, the only tooth procedure I've had is a uh, chipped front tooth here. I uh, got hit by a water ski. Um, so, yeah, I had to have a feeling. When this episode comes out, Ben will be in or done with procedure for his wisdom teeth. So, uh, yeah, email us, text us. Uh, Instagram Talk us. Talk to us. About your wisdom teeth experience, maybe. Sure. Or and any. send a recording if you have it. Sure. Because that would be funny. Yep. I want to uh, see it. Any other, any other injury stories? We'll get to Kids in the Hall because these are fun stories, aren't they? So yeah. I feel like people are going to have some interesting ones. Hope so. All right. Who are we here with today? Ben. All right, Ben. Uh, what's like a fun or quirky or dangerous uh, sports injury story you've had? When I was in preschool, I, uh, I was in the, the bouncy house, and some kid fell on my shoulder, and I dislocated it. Ooh, you have any, like, uh, you still feel that to this day, or no? No. So you're all good? Yeah. All right, good story. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No. All right. All right, everybody, who are we here with today? Our, our like, recurring guest, uh, what's like a fun, quirky, dangerous, anything, any type of sports injury story that you have? Um, this beginning of the school year, I tore my growth plate in my right shoulder and I was out for six weeks not playing tennis. So, yeah. Oh, that hurts. Have you like felt it ever since or has it been okay? Um, sometimes, but I went to physical therapy for a little while, but I'm not, I'm fully really good for the season coming up in the spring all right and how did it happen if you want to share um just overuse and it started hurting pain my arm would go numb a lot so yeah all right cool thanks Arlo. thank you this has been the paper thin thoughts podcast subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform and leave a rating and a question that could potentially be answered in a following episode. As always, I'm Storm Post Hills, accompanied by the great Ben Rikosh. Keep up the thin thoughts. Remember to stay tuned for next week's episode. Paper Thin Thoughts is produced by the Charlottesville High School Podcasting Network. Executive producers are Jen Horn and Dave Stipe. Senior producers are Ben Rikosh and Storm Povisils. This episode was edited and mixed by Dave Stipe and Ben Rikosh. Music is produced and created thank you to Jacob Lightborn, Miss Waters, and the entire CHS music production team. Thank you to Mr. Rashad Pitt and the rest of the CHS faculty and staff for the support. PTT out. PTT out.